Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. There you have it. Sound of the closing bell for Thursday, June 29th, 2017. A down day for the tech group. A lot of uh, selling across the board in information technology names, and uh, that led the NASDAQ Composite lower by about 1.5% today. Dow Industrial Average minus 8 tenths of 1%, and in the broader market, we had the S&P 500 weaker by about 9 tenths of 1%. On the positive side, we had the S&P Financials Index actually picking up more than uh, 7 tenths of 1% today. This after the banks uh, got the green light to buy back stock and increase their dividends after passing round two of the Fed's stress test. U.S. 10-year Treasury backed up and yield a bit, and if you're a bank, you like a more slope to the yield curve. We got that today. We with the 10-year picking up about four basis points, last quoted in New York at a yield of 2.26%. Shares in Rite Aid down by more than 26%. This after Walgreens Boots Alliance scrapped plans to take over Rite Aid in total. Instead, Walgreens is going to buy a smaller piece of Rite Aid for a little more than $5 billion. Flat are shares of Blue Apron at the close. This was their first day of trading the company, which is a meal kit delivery service, raised about $300 million in an IPO. That was at the bottom of uh, the marketed range, and it gives the valuation on the Blue Apron at around $2 billion. We had weakness in shares of McDonald's, too. The restaurant chain shutting 43 outlets in Delhi, India. This is after the uh, company's India joint venture partner failed in renewing uh, licenses for the north and eastern portion of the country. WTI crude oil higher by three-tenths of one percent in the electronic session. We're trading 44.86. So you are caught up on markets. I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Messer and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masser, my co-host Corey Johnson, is off on this Thursday. We want to talk a little bit more about uh, the market trade, uh, if we may. And, of course, we did see a little bit of selling today. Tom Stringfellow is President and Chief Investment Officer at Frost Investment Advisors. They have uh, roughly $3.7 billion in assets under management based in San Antonio, Texas. But we find him in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Thursday. Nice to have you here. Carol, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a little bit of a crazy day. And it was interesting to hear the the president uh, talk about energy policy from the Department of Energy, laying out six initiatives, our own team saying some of this is new, some of this has already been the work, some of this is just moves by private sector companies. Uh, there you are in Texas, uh, a lot of energy going on there, a lot of oil or oil, as my family in Texas would say. Um, how do you assess the energy industry and what really will be the energy policy going forward? Yeah, and, and good questions because, you know, I, I think, you know, just on the broadcast we heard, there's still a lot of things up in the air. You know, nuclear is more of a long-term play. LNG is a long-term play. Uh, we've seen oil weakness here recently, which, you know, it's been a matter of oversupply. What's interesting this uh, this time around is the, uh, you look at last year, oil prices falling was widespread. It had an impact across multiple sectors of the economy. This has not been And not just our economy. Look at the Middle East. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, yeah. what no one really factored in was that the Middle East could possibly come up with some kind of plan to adhere to some quota. We'll see if they actually do over long term. But as soon as they said there's agreement in principle, we saw stability and, and improvement in, in oil prices. 
Today, we've seen that weakness in oil prices, but what it hasn't really done is translated into weakness across the board in multiple sectors like we did this time last year. Yeah. The theory I've got is this time last year, what we had was a larger employment base within the oil sector. And so when you saw that mass of people being laid off over time, it in fact it impacted a lot of the peripheral service industries that uh, surround the oil industry. We've not seen that today possibly because the recovery in oil hasn't impacted the uh, peripheral services. There haven't been that many people added to the employment roles. Technology has helped boost Right. It's helped an awful lot. Absolutely. And it's maintained a lot of businesses from going broke, basically. Absolutely. I'm just curious what you think about, though, in terms of energy policy. And forgive me for kind of sitting on this for a little bit, but I am curious uh, about your thoughts about this, even from an investment perspective. When you hear the you know, President's saying the Treasury Department's going to lift barriers to the selling of coal and technology around the, the globe. You smile. I mean, I was talking with technology guys who are looking at what's coming down the road and saying things are moving much faster. These are people who are watching it and seeing things happen. Is coal, and they're saying coal is a backwards looking energy policy. I absolutely agree. I still follow the camp that believes that, you know, it was a great political uh, campaign speech. But I just don't know that we've got that much of an industry growth in coal. Does it provide, though? But is there opportunities for coal overseas? I, China oh, certainly absolutely. uses it. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there is opportunities overseas. Uh, coal is not an easily or cheaply transported fuel. Mm-hmm. It's not right. an easily or cheaply uh, uh, uh manufactured product. So, you know, the to what extent that is actually a boost, you know, I do believe that there are more values in the other energy sources. Even solar these days, four or five years ago, solar wasn't anywhere near as economical or efficient as it is today. Uh, LNG is going to make a heck of a difference in terms of consumption possibilities. So while I think it's a positive for those incrementally in the coal business, you know, that's not an industry that I would, as an investor, I'd be putting a lot of money into right now. Well, as someone who's got to make some investment decisions for your firm, you guys have, as I mentioned, $3.7 billion in assets under management. Uh, you know, from anybody in the news industry, we're just trying to keep up with everything that's coming Absolutely. out of the nation's capital. What is it that you pay the most attention to since you've got to decide where to allocate assets and you've got to make investment decisions or help uh, your team do so? Absolutely. And, you know, that. At Frost Investment Advisors, one of the things we look at is, is again, we've had, we're now seeing what's the volatile market. You know, we've all, we've talked about VIX in the past and, you know, there really is no volatility. Today's a, is kind of a indication of what it could look like as we're having sector rotation. So if you're trying to make any long-term investments, you really have to look at where is the long-term value proposition. And I think it's kind of bifurcated. In one sense, it still is the tech companies that are helping with what you talked about, pushing everything forward as fast as movement is Despite received. the run-ups that we've seen. Despite the run-ups. You know, the uh, you know, interest rate increases, we think those are you're certainly down the road, whether it's this year, you know, that remains to be seen. But, you know, good, solid growth companies, I'm not too worried about hiked interest rates recognizing growth in our economy as impacting those, you know, really good internet or technology companies. But when I look at the mm-hmm. volatility that's coming, rates hiked, 
I start looking at where is long-term value, and I still think it's in those dividend-paying sectors. You know, energy is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we can argue whether or not oil is priced appropriately, but right. if you look at market cycles, you know, the energy business is not going away over the next few years. But meanwhile, there's a lot of companies paying good, consistent dividends. Yeah. We were talking about financials the other day. Right. Another great example. Interesting. Tom, thank you so much. Absolutely. Good to get your input. Uh, Tom Stringfellow, President, Chief Investment Officer at Frost Investment Advisors, based in San Antonio, Texas, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Tom mentioned the VIX, and let me just bring that up for you. Uh, the VIX rallying 14.8% today, up about a point and a half, closing at 11.48. The Volatility Index Report brought to you by CBOE VIX Options and Futures. Volatility can be harnessed with CBOE VIX Options and Futures. See disclosures. Learn more at cboe.com slash powerful outcomes fix. This is Bloomberg. All right, we do want to get to uh, the stock of the day with our Bloomberg Stocks columnist, Dave Wilson. Dave, what do you got for us? I've got GMS. It's short for Gypsum Management and Supply. That gives you an idea of their business, distributing gypsum, wallboard, and other building products. They've been around since 1971, uh, and they made their initial public offering 13 months ago. The ticker, as you might expect, is GMS. Now, this is a stock that jumped 80% in the space of six months. That rally ended in May. Since then, the shares have been pulling back, and that uh, retreat accelerated today in response to disappointing results. Fiscal fourth quarter earnings and revenue trailed the average analyst estimates in the Bloomberg survey, and the company said it would be less profitable this quarter than last quarter. In response, GMS shares had their biggest one-day drop since the IPO. They fell 10.4%, and heck, other building product companies slumped as well. Warboard maker USG down 4.4%, and distributor engineered building materials down 7.7%. So dragging down the sector. Bloomberg Stocks Com- Thomas Dave Wilson, his stock of the day brought to you by Interactive Brokers, offering direct market access to products in more than 100 markets in 24 countries with transparent low commissions, low margin loan rates and best price execution. Visit IBKR.com slash save more. Let's get a check on your world of national news headlines. Nancy Lyons in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nancy. Hey, Carol. President Trump today is launching the new American energy policy that includes revitalizing nuclear power, selling natural gas to more countries, and expanding offshore oil and gas leasing. The golden era of American energy is now underway. And I'll go a step further. The golden era of America is now underway. Believe me. He says the nation's vast energy wealth belongs to the people and not to the government. The Republican-led House is moving forward with legislation to crack down on illegal immigration, a key priority for the president. One of the bills, known as Kate's Law, would impose harsher prison sentences on deportees who re-enter the U.S. A second bill, No Sanctuary for Criminals Act, would strip federal funds from self-proclaimed sanctuary cities. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is working to win over Republican holdouts on his health care bill after facing a revolt from conservatives and moderates who were not ready for a vote this week. Senior White House reporter Margaret Taleb says those party divisions are broad. There are sort of the core conservatives who feel that it doesn't do enough to kind of restrain costs, growth of Medicaid and and so forth. And then uh, on the other side, uh, a combination of kind of moderate Republicans or Republicans from uh, states with very high Medicaid populations that are concerned about too many cuts. McConnell was hoping to produce a deal by tomorrow. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. 